Good morning and welcome to worship today at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor here and it's such a joy to be with you all as we worship God here and online. If you're joining us online, I want to say thanks for joining us for our online worship service this morning. I pray that you are blessed in our live stream as we worship God together. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting people with the life renewing love of Jesus Christ. And so that's my hope for you today, is that you find hope and you find belonging in a life renewed by Jesus. Well, this morning I want to pray for you, pray that you are blessed, and pray that God is blessed as we worship Him today. Let us pray. Almighty and loving God, I give you thanks for today. I I pray that, that your spirit is blessed today. And I also pray that you open the hearts, open the hearts of each one who's worshiping today, whether they be joining online or whether they be here in person. As we sang in our opening song today, open the eyes of our hearts, and I pray, O oh God, that you open the eyes of each heart. Open each heart to, to feel your presence and all that you have for them. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So when I was in the sixth grade, I uh, got glasses for the first time. And I was the kid who couldn't see the board from their seat. But I always knew this was normal because I had never known otherwise. And I was just curious why other people could see the board and I couldn't see the board, right? It, I look out and I see several of you have glasses, and so perhaps you have been in a similar situation. I, I, I can't see the board, I, so I have to walk up and copy, copy down what the teacher writes on the board. Nobody else had to do this. Um, and eventually, I, you know, of course, I didn't have trouble. I didn't know that I had trouble seeing. Uh, I just knew that I couldn't see the board. And eventually, my, my folks got wind of this, and I was able to get to, to the eye doctor. I, I thought that I saw things normally, but of course, I didn't, and it wasn't really good. Um, but, and so my parents figured out that I was having trouble, and, and it didn't take long after I got to the eye doctor for them to realize I, I did, in fact, need eyeglasses. I remember the first time walking out of the doctor's office, and it, perhaps if you have, have glasses or, or corrective uh, eye, eye stuff, contacts, you've had moments like this. I remember the first time as a sixth grader walking, 12 years old, right, walking out of the eye doctor's office on Gumbarrel Road in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I saw that trees had leaves. For the first time in my life, I saw that trees had leaves. Now, of course, I knew trees had leaves, but I just assumed you had to get up right real close, right, that, and see the leaves before you would know that they were there. I just assumed that everybody saw these, you know, big sticks with green bushes around the top. I mean, that's why you, that's what you draw as a child, right? You draw just green around a big stick. And, and, and so I just assume that's what people see. Of course, I knew, right? I knew trees had leaves. I'd just never seen them before without being up close. And I assumed that everybody else saw them the same way. I realized, though, in that moment that trees did have leaves. And that the whole world had more detail than I ever imagined it to. And then about 15 years ago, while I was in graduate school, Hope saw an adver- my wife Hope saw an advertisement in a, in a magazine for discount LASIK eye surgery. 
Now, just a note, picking your eye surgeon off of a discount ad in a magazine probably isn't the best thing to go about doing. If I were to do that today, I probably wouldn't have responded to that ad. But under her prompting, I went to the appointment, and of course, the advertised price was not the price, right? Uh, That was for um, anybody that really didn't need eye surgery, but they just wanted it anyways. You could get it for this discount price. But for those of us that really actually need it, it was much more expensive. But still, it was about half the price of just about any other place. And so, you know, um, we figured that that was a good bargain. Uh, It's good to bargain with your eyesight, I guess. And uh, she talked me into getting it done And then after having that surgery, I remember having a similar encounter, this time without my glasses on. If you've ever had LASIK eye surgery, you you can see immediately better when you leave the office. It's not 100% better, but it's better. And so I could, for the first time, see big billboards and make out what the letters were on the side. And then as the day progressed and went on and on, you could see more and more and become even, even clearer. About all this eye stuff, though, the thing that always sticks out in my mind is that childhood experience of really seeing leaves on a tree for the first time. I mean, I knew, I knew that trees had leaves. I, I knew about trees, and I knew because leaves fell and I jumped in the piles of dead leaves in the fall, I knew that trees had leaves. But I didn't really know, I didn't really know that trees had leaves. I knew that they had leaves, but I had never had the experience of just looking at a tree and and, and really seeing leaves as anyone else would. Knowing about something and really knowing something is different. Knowing about something and really knowing something is different. The same thing is true when it comes to faith. I mean, knowing about Jesus is different than really knowing Jesus. There are a lot of people that know a lot about Jesus. There are a lot of people who aren't people of faith who know a lot about Jesus and have a lot of knowledge about the church, about God, about Christianity, but they perhaps don't have faith because knowing about Jesus is different from really knowing Jesus. Today I want to share with you about this time when there was a man who had an encounter with Jesus. And in this encounter with this man, you'll find that some knew about Jesus, or, or some tried to find out and to learn about Jesus, or perhaps they thought that they knew about Jesus. But this man in the encounter turns out to be one of the only ones who ends up really knowing Jesus. Not just knowing about him, but really knowing Jesus. So if you want to follow along in your Bible, I'm going to be looking at the Gospel of John. So John is the the fourth book in the New Testament, and and John tells some of the stories about the life and the ministry of Jesus. I'm going to be looking at John chapter 9. And Uh, In John chapter 9, John is writing about an encounter that Jesus had with a man who was blind. Actually, this man was born blind. I've had trouble seeing in in my life, but I've, I've never been blind and I wasn't born blind. So I have this idea of what things look like, and actually I can see pretty good these days. 
Uh, but what I'm about to read is Jesus encounters a man who has never been able to see before in his life. This passage that I'm reading is really long, okay? So I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to kind of read pieces and skip and summarize parts of it. But it begins in John chapter 9, verse 1. Let's, let's take a look. So as Jesus walked along, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And then Jesus and his disciples, they get into this conversation about why this man was born blind. And they kind of go back and forth, and, and they're curious about why he was born blind, and, and maybe something wrong happened, or his parents did something wrong to make this happen. But, but whatever the case, they, Jesus is like, no, don't worry about that. Um, I want to do something to help this man. And so then Jesus decides to do something to help him. And we find that beginning in verse 6. So after Jesus said this, he spit in the ground, made mud with saliva, and smeared it on the man's eyes. I don't even think that he'd spoken to the man yet. And so this is kind of odd behavior. But he spits on the ground, makes some mud, puts it in the guy's eyes, and Jesus said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which this word means sent. So the man went away and washed. When he returned, he could see. Now if you've ever had trouble seeing you perhaps can get a glimpse at what this man must have felt. I, I think about really seeing trees for the first time. I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, things open up for you like they never had before. This man couldn't see, but through the miracle work of Jesus, he can see now. You and I both know that, that people have a, a hard time believing miraculous things can happen. And, and, people, and, and the people that knew this man also had a hard, hard time believing that miraculous things could happen. And in what John tells us next, that, that the, the people don't just celebrate what, with this man. Instead, they start fighting over this man. They start fighting and saying, you know, this man couldn't really be a guy who was blind because he can see now. That just doesn't work. I mean, nobody can heal blindness. Then they have a, a debate when they figure out it actually is the same guy on if Jesus should have even healed him in the first place. And this argument back and forth goes between the guys like best friends, his neighbors, and then the people that are supposedly supporting them, the religious leaders in the community. And really there's quite a stir that's happened and created by this, by this healing. Everyone around this man, everyone around this man who was healed is trying to figure out what happened. They wanted to know, they wanted to know about the healing. They wanted to know about the healing and about the man who did the healing. But the man who was healed already knew the healing in his life. But those about, around him were still trying to know about the healing. So the neighbors lead this guy to the religious leaders, the Pharisees. And if you know anything about the Pharisees, these are often the religious leaders who were opposed to Jesus. And, and, and we are about to find out that Jesus performed this miracle on the Sabbath, which was something that the religious leaders didn't really approve of. We'll take a look at the Scripture passage again in verse 13, where John writes, Then they led the man who was born blind to the Pharisees. So the neighbors who aren't satisfied lead the man who was born blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus uh, made mud and smeared it in the guy's eyes on a Sabbath day. And so the Pharisees asked him how he was able to see. And the man told him, Well, he put mud in my eyes. I washed it, and now I see. 
And some Pharisees said, this man isn't from God because he breaks the Sabbath law. And others said, how can a sinner do miraculous signs like this? And so they were divided. And the conflict continues. And we find out that some of the Jewish leaders don't even believe the guy was born blind in the first place. And so they, they kind of suspect that, that Jesus and those around Jesus are, are manufacturing a miracle. They're like, this guy is the stage plant and the audience for the magician. They, they, he, he, Jesus put him there so that, so that we would believe or people would be hoodwinked into believing that the illusion was actual reality. So they pull the poor guy's family into this contentious moment. And in verse 19, John tells us that they pull in the question, or the parents for questioning. Here's what he writes, that the Jewish leaders asked his parents, is this your son? Are you saying he was born blind? How can he now see? Well, his parents answered, we know he's our son, and we know he was born blind. Okay, so he confirms, yeah, this guy's our son, and we know he's been blind his whole life. But we don't know how he sees now, and we don't know who healed his eye. Why don't you go ask him? He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jewish authorities. This is because the Jewish authorities had already decided that whoever confessed Jesus as the Christ would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why his parents said, he's old enough, go ask him. You ever said this, you know, perhaps about, you know, like, just go ask the kid. You know, they're, they're old enough, they can answer that question for, for themselves. The, these folks, they are really intent in trying to understand what's going on here. They really want to know about this guy and this healing. And John kind of hints that their motives for wanting to know about Jesus really aren't all that pure because they want to kick, they want to kick out anybody who believes in Jesus or anybody that follows after Jesus, they want to kick them out of the community. They want to kick them out of, of, of their club. And, and so they're really trying to figure this out. They're really trying to learn about and possess the knowledge of what's happening. So we find that the religious leaders are not satisfied with the encounter they have with the guy's parents. The parents confirm something had happened, but this man, that this man had actually been born blind, and now he can see. They don't get anything else. They don't get what they want from them. The parents just tell the authorities that they should ask their son what's happened and allow him to see, that allowed him to see. Now, just as a side note here, I find it very interesting that nobody's just happy for this guy, right? I mean, he had been blind his whole life. And we're talking about a world before the Americans with Disabilities Act. We're talking about a world before, before ramps. We're talking about a world before there was a, 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 even accessible markers in place for people who had disabilities. It was not a kind place in which to have a disability. And nobody takes a moment just to celebrate that someone who was blind can now see. Nobody takes a moment to give God glory uh, for a, a, a healing that has happened. And I, I guess this makes sense because today, today often when good things happen to someone else, it's, it's easier to question their motives or assign blame than it is to be happy for someone else and to celebrate the good, good thing in their life. So let's look again at what John wrote now I'm going to be looking down at verse 24 if you're following along in your Bible. So they, they call the man before them again. Therefore, they called a second time 
for the man who had been born blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. So they're, they're, they're like trying to skirt around this whole issue of the healing actually coming from Jesus. And they're like, we know Jesus is a sinner, so why don't you give glory to God? I'm not really sure how those two things line up, but that's what, that's what John tells us. They're still trying to learn the details of what had happened. Or maybe they think they already know what has happened. Or at least they know enough, and they're trying to get the guy to deny what's happened because they're scared of the power of Jesus. But the one who has been healed, the one who has received the healing, can tell you that knowing about something, knowing all the details, knowing about something, really is different than really knowing something. Really knowing something in your heart. And I just love what the guy says next. In verse 25, the man answered, I don't know if he's a sinner or not, but here's what I do know. I was blind, and now I see. I love this statement. The man is like, I don't know anything about this guy. I've never met him before. I don't know anything about this guy. You want to know everything about this guy? I don't know anything about him. I don't know if he's a sinner. I don't know if he's a prophet. I don't know if he's a doctor. I don't know if he's an ancient alien who has come down to, like, to build uh, the pyramids or something. You ever watch those things on YouTube? Anyways, um, I don't know anything about this guy, but what I do know, what I do know is that I was blind And now I see. I don't know about him, but I do know that I was blind and now I see. I don't know about him, but I know what he did. If you go back and read through what John wrote, this guy hasn't even seen Jesus. Jesus put this mud in his eyes and told him to go wash And he hadn't seen Jesus again. He's never seen before in his life. And so he doesn't even know what Jesus looks like. He doesn't know anything about Jesus. He just knows that Jesus brought him healing. And the whole time, the religious authorities, they are trying to know the details about Jesus and what had happened to this guy. And the man just simply isn't interested in it. He isn't interested in those questions because he already has the knowledge in his heart. He says, I don't know about that guy, but what I do know is that I was blind And now I can see. I know that I can see. I can see the trees and I can see that the trees have leaves. I was blind and now I see. And I don't know if this guy's a sinner or not, but I know that he healed me. Knowing about something and really, really knowing something is different. This, of course, doesn't satisfy the religious leaders and and they continue to bicker and fight and to try to figure out what has transpired here and and who is to blame, who is responsible. But the the man who was healed, he's moved on. He's moved on from the situation and he's not interested in the details. He just knows that he can see. Because knowing about something and really knowing something is different. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Jesus? I mean, I don't mean do you know about Jesus. I don't mean do you know about the truth or do you know about Jesus. I mean, do you really, do you really know, do you really know Jesus? The distinction is, is something that, 
this healed man knows very, very well. But the religious leaders continue to fight with him and, and eventually they even kick him out. They're like, we're done with dealing with you. You're a lunatic by this point. You're a religious fanatic, perhaps. We're done, with dealing, we're done dealing with you, so you can just disappear. We would rather not even consider you. And then one more thing happens to this healed man. And John tells us about this in verse 35, where he writes that Jesus had heard they had expelled the man born blind. This man's whole life had been lived in this community with these religious leaders, with these neighbors, with his family. And then he's expelled from the only community that he's ever known. From the people that he thought were his friends. And they kick him out. And Jesus heard about this. They heard about this. So, so the, the man doesn't know what Jesus looks like, but Jesus knows what he looks like. And so, so Jesus finds him and, 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 and confronts him and says, Do you believe in the human one? And the man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe. He's like, I, I don't know what, what you're talking about. I, I, I think I want to believe, and I, I think I want to know more about this, but, 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 but tell me what you're talking about. I want to believe. And Jesus said, you have seen him. You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus. Well, this is the first time this, this man has been with Jesus since he was healed. This is the first time that, that he is seeing Jesus with his healed eyes. And he already knows that he's been healed. He's already lived it in his life. But, but in this moment, not only will he know the power of Jesus, he will also know Jesus. In this moment, he knows Jesus. In this moment, this man, or Jesus gives this man the clarity that, that the religious leaders and the neighbors and everybody around him was trying to get. I mean, they, they wanted to know all about Jesus and, and they couldn't get the answer. In the moment, Jesus gives this man the clarity that everybody else in the community was searching for, would claim that they wanted. And in this moment, he declared his faith, his belief in Jesus, and worshipped him. I mean, do you know Jesus. This man didn't know he knew Jesus, but he knew Jesus. And as soon as Jesus revealed who he was, he worshipped, worshipped him. He knew Jesus healed him. And when he met Jesus again, he worshipped, he worshipped him. And this is the same thing that, that Jesus offers you. Anyone can know about Jesus. You don't have to get very far to know about Jesus. But Jesus offers more. Jesus offers you not just to know about Him, but to know Him and to worship Him, to know Him with a life that's transformed, to worship Him as you live with Him. Knowing about Jesus is good, but, but when you know Jesus with your life and with your heart, you have access to transformation. You open yourself up to blessing and, and healing that has the power to change your life and to change who you are, to change your life as the life of a man who was born blind was healed. So this week, I want to invite you to open your heart. Open your heart to knowing Jesus more. And if you really do know Jesus, you're like, you know, I, I probably don't know Jesus enough. 
That's the thing. When you learn more, you learn what you don't know. As you grow closer to God, you learn that you know, there's parts of my own, own life that are just really far away from God and I need to believe more and I need more hope. So this week, regardless of if you know, don't know Jesus at all or regardless of if you know Jesus like really well in your heart, I just want to invite you to open your heart to knowing Jesus more. I want to invite you to pray to know Jesus more. And right now, we're going to take some time to pray and to ask Jesus to come and to help you and I know Jesus more. Not just to know about Jesus, but really know Jesus more. Because knowing about something, knowing about something and really knowing something is different. So as the band continues, or the band comes on up and they'll begin to pray, or they'll begin to sing, I'm going to lead you in prayer. And if you feel like you want to come forward and pray at the, the kneeling rail, you can. And I just ask that you, you pray, Lord, help me know you more. Help me know you in my heart more. Pray that your hearts are open. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you. I thank you for this time. I thank you that, that you are the one who, who heals you are the one who invites. You are the one that says it's more than knowing the details. It's about your heart knowing you. So I pray right now for each one that their hearts are open. And as we pray right now in this kind of silent moment, I pray that each one will pray, Lord, open my heart. Open my heart to know you. Open my heart to know you. Open my heart, O oh Lord. Open my heart to know you. God, I've got these things on my on my mind, these things that keep me from fully, fully knowing you, and I give them to you at this time. I pray that you take them. Open my heart to know you. Open my heart to know you. And whether this is for the first time or first time in a long time, or whether this is just a deepening awareness of Your presence, O oh God, I pray that You speak to each person in their heart, in their mind. That each one can leave this place saying, God, I open my heart to know You. God, I open my heart to know You. And that as we carry this prayer in our hearts, O oh God, that, that You will speak and You will answer. Not the answer that the Pharisees wanted, knowledge about You, but You will answer the knowledge that we need. Your blessed presence that brings hope and healing. That brings connection and belonging. That brings life change and renewal. Open my heart, O oh God. 
Open my heart so that I may know you. Let this prayer continue, O God, even as we prepare to leave this space. Because there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than knowing you and having you transform our lives. Amen. People of God, I hope that that is your prayer this day, to open your hearts, to know God more. Go forth from this place with the love and presence of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May you be blessed this day and evermore. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.